We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, everybody. What is going on? Welcome to another edition of Talking Buffalo Podcast, part of the Blue Wire Network. Casual Friday. That means, as always, I am joined by my good friend, writer, podcaster, Joe Yurden. It's September 1st, man. We're ta- Well, anyway, so we're taping this. This is dropping September 2nd. We're taping this really, really late, by the way. Yes. Late Thursday night. So technically, it is still September 1st, and it. I, I know it's getting into that season that you like, yeah. not me. <laughs> Bring it, baby! Like tonight, it's like nice and cool tonight. So I'm, I'm, I'm in my, I'm, I'm in my, I'm, I'm in my good feelings right now. Although I guess it's gonna be kind of hot over the weekend, but whatever. That, I will that, say, if you're living off for that crap, man, get if, it. If you are, if you're living in an apartment and, and you don't have like kind of, if you don't have air and you're relying on the the window to be open. Yep. It, it, it I can understand why I just came back from I went to Florida for four days, which by the way, it was not sunny. It rained pretty much for three or four straight days. But man, it was like 85, 86 pretty much uh the entire time. I'm not gonna lie, it does feel decent here at night though. Right now, like it started to get cooler at night, like yeah, almost like light fleece kind of weather. You can get away with it at least anyway. Mm-hmm. I do like that. I just don't like being cold, and I know it's coming, and I know September 1st is kind of like that. You know that that shove that reminder yeah. that that shit is uh it's on its way, man. I uh I, I was out earlier today and like like around five or six o'clock and like ran out and you know was still wearing shorts and whatever because like again still hot you know not hot but it's warm in the apartment. Sure. But I was like, but you know it was windy like all day yesterday and then you know today it was like cooled off and I was like, all right. So I get outside and I immediately felt the cool air on the legs and I was like, ooh. We're back, baby. Let's go. Let's dust those jeans off and let's get them back on, man. It's time. I want to. So we'll we'll talk a little bit. There's some actual news this week with the Bills and the Sabers. Mm-hmm. Mostly good news. Obviously, not all of it. Uh, on the Bills side, and we'll hit on some of this. The 53 man roster is for the moment complete. I mean, that's always you know always an ongoing thing. Guys come and go, even after the initial roster set. So mm-hmm. we'll hit on that, and then. I mean, we'll just briefly touch on Matt Ariza. You know, that's kind of yeah. old news now. But my feelings ain't old, and I know yours aren't either. Mm-hmm. And then the Sabres, on the Sabres side, Tate Thompson signed a long-term deal. I kind of want to get to that. And uh, mm-hmm. the Black and Red is going to be back for a dozen games this year. Mm-hmm. Fans seem pretty excited about that. I'll get your take on that. Our starting five draft this week, we're going to do best Sopranos characters, not counting 
Tony Soprano. So Soprano's yes. supporting characters. That's what we're calling this draft because you know how that goes. You get Tony yep. Soprano draft over. So I someone suggested this. I, I don't remember who did on Twitter. I should know. Mm -hmm. And I apologize for not giving them you credit. Thank them, really. I, right. <laughs> I'll look it up at some point and I'll send them a DM or something. Before we get to that, though, I actually a couple of cool things going on in sports the last couple of days. Now you're a Yankees fan like me. Right. Um, we remember when Mariano was the closer, not just how awesome he was, but what a spectacle yeah. it could be at times when he would come into the game, you know, mm -hmm. Metallica and her sad man, the, the music, the fans going nuts. It was always great spectacle. And mm -hmm. I'm like, probably for me anyway, the coolest thing that I've seen. Sure. It's kind of in recent years, there's more relief pitchers. Like I remember Trevor Hoffman too, by the way, would have a pretty cool interest, but mm -hmm. it's kind of becoming a little more commonplace for that to become theatrical. Like I said, spectacle. Mm -hmm. And I came across now I'm not a big New York Mets, New York Mets fan, mm -hmm. but Edwin Diaz, and apparently he's been they've been this has been going on for months now. Who, by the way, is one of the best closers in baseball. He's having, having an excellent season with the Mets. Mm -hmm. They and, and I'll tell you what, if you're watching this on the YouTube side which by the way, if you are, make sure you're subscribed to Talk of Buffalo Podcast. If not, I'll play the audio so you'll still at least hear it. Yeah, the nice little subscribe <laughs> button right there. I want to play a clip. I don't know if you've seen this, and I'm sure a lot of people have not seen this. And if not, like I said, if you're listening audio only, at least you'll be able to hear it. But um, he came into the game in the ninth inning, and Timmy Trumpet, who is an, our musician and artist that I've never heard of, quite frankly, mm -hmm. um, he was there for the first time ever at a Mets game. And I'm just gonna play it, and you, and then you can react to it. I don't think you've seen this. Maybe you have. Have you seen this? Yeah, I, I, I think I said this is like from uh, the other night, right? Last night or whatever. Yeah, it was yeah, going yeah. all over Twitter, man. I mean, it, it went viral because yeah. this is just so fucking cool, man. So I'm, I'm gonna play this clip. It's about two minutes long or something, and, and then get your take on that. And again, if people watching along, this is uh, hopefully you're gonna enjoy this anyway. I'll, I'll play it right now. We'll talk Ready. over it a little bit. To come in. Looking for a save. <laughs> I love the music in the background, too. G getting warmed up. You got to be a good player to come into this type of entrance, by the way, for them to go yeah. all out like this. Here it comes. This is really cool, I think. Did a crawl pipe in? Mm -hmm. <laughs> Wonder what's going through his head. Yeah. Probably this is really cool. <laughs> <laughs> Man, yeah, 
That's he's crazy. just calm and composed. Yeah, the little trouble going around some of the stands too. There it is. <laughs> anyway, isn't that like ridiculously cool, yeah. man? I look at that and I'm like, and again, I was fighting with some of my friends on Facebook because I said this is the coolest entries I've ever seen. And people were talking mm-hmm. about Mariano. And people brought up Metallica playing live, but that wasn't during a game. That was Mariano Rivera that was, Day. That was his last that was his last day. Yeah. Right, right, right. And don't get me wrong, that was amazing. And, and then again, the Metallica, the beat, the song was awesome. But this to me was just, I don't know, man. For me personally, I thought this was just uh, epic. I kind of liken it, Joe, to wrestling. Like it, it's mm-hmm. this Edwin Diaz must feel like a like The Rock when The Rock would come out and the crowd mm-hmm. just going nuts. Getting, it was just, but he, he was so composed. It, it was like it didn't even phase him and shit. That was pretty cool, wasn't it? Yeah, no, it's I love that sort of stuff. They need there, there's got to be like more of a, a, you know, not a goofball. I mean, just it's like just something fun to do. You know, like baseball just gets so stuck in the mud, right? With stuff all the time, and like I know stuff like this. There's probably I'm I'm positive. I don't even need to look it up, I, but I'm positive there are people that are just like ah, I don't like this crap. This is stupid. Like if, okay, like go have go have fun watching watching the paint dry again you know like that's, that's crazy you man. know just enjoy it for what it is but yeah it's baseball it's, needs to be more fun right. i like this this is really if i'll tell you right now especially if i'm a mets fan and i'm at the game and i hear that music and especially whoever the hell timmy trumpet is apparently he's big he comes out i'm gonna get hyped this shit i'm getting hyped kind of watching this with you right now and it's like the third or fourth time i've seen this today and we're taping this late at night yeah. i'm still kind of hyped over it man i just think that was <laughs> I just thought that was really cool. Yeah, no, I, I like. I don't know. Ever, it's sports are sports are entertainment. You know, like mm-hmm. should be. It should be the point. The point of everything is to just make it more fun, make it more interesting, make it you know, make it cooler to to go to something instead of you know, just kind of you know, it, it, you know, at least try to do something. I know you know everybody tries to do stuff, but sometimes it's you know, it's kind of the same old, same old. But like something like that, where it's just it sort of happens organically. Cause I mean, like that was his music anyways. So, but you know, yeah. we're into, you know, we're into September now and like the Mets are, Mets are really good. So it's like, it's getting attention. So yeah, go with it, run with it, have fun with it. Like do that, do that stuff in the playoffs, man. You know, you know, one good thing about it being September 1st, I'm bitching about it cause the cold's coming, but it is the time of year where I start now as an adult, or at least not even as an adult, but at this age, I start to pay attention to baseball. Now I'm starting to get into it. I know football is coming too, but now I have room for, in my life for baseball when it gets to be September. Mm-hmm. I follow the Yanks to a certain extent for sure during the season. I know they were running away with it, and then I know they they really they were really bad in August. Mm-hmm. But they still got like a six and a half game lead or something like that in their division. They're going to make the playoffs for sure. But and when I was young, I used to live and die every all 162 games. Not anymore. When it gets to be September, I start to to get into baseball. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's it it's tougher. For, I don't know. It, it was always weirder for me to like stay in the baseball when it came to be September. Cause like spring, like obviously huge into it in spring, summertime, you know, it's like, Hey, you know, watching lots of games, doing whatever you get in the fall, man. Like I get distracted by way more stuff. You know I mean? The football you know, college, I mean, I used to be a big college football fan, not so much anymore, but, um, but like football, you get college, you get pros, you know, hockey starts up basketball, you know, NBA starts up at the same time as NHL does now, which mm-hmm. is, you know, freaking goofy, but, um, but like you know, just like my you know eyes are ever, like eyes are and like try to be in like a hundred different spots now watching everything and and for whatever reason, even though it's the crunch time of baseball and it's the playoffs, baseball slips a little bit out of my attention circle because it's like I'm devoting so much more attention elsewhere. Usually, I mean, it's 
right not you know now especially being a professional whatever uh when it comes to hockey it's like just being completely immersed in that and then everything else is just kind of like as i want to pay attention to it you know where it's like you know since living here it's like football automatically fills that space because you can't go anywhere without football being a conversation you know yeah i mean now obviously it's you know it's impossible to not be you know to have any knowledge on football just because you know the bills are the favorite and everything but uh, but even before when they were, you know, not great, it was still the, you know, the dominant thing to be talked about wherever you went. It was just like, oh, Bill Stink or like, oh, man, they showed some they showed some real heart this week or, you know, whatever. But right. Um, but yeah, it's it's weird because like, I don't know, maybe it's just something that like as I've gotten older where like baseball just gets it's not that it's a chore, but there's so many games and you you, know, you you get watching so many of these and you see them, you know, see teams go through their ups and downs and you're just kind of like, all right. And then if they're high going into the end of the year, then you're like, all right, all right, cool. This is good. I can get, get down with this. But if it's like, you know, you get on that struggle bus or, you know, your team's just out of it, you're just kind of like, all right, whatever, just get, get it out of my, get it out of my attention circle because I got other <laughs> stuff, like other stuff that's more important right now. One other thing before we get to the two teams that we typically talk about here each week, we don't talk about tennis much because quite frankly, I'm, I'm just not a huge tennis person, but, and by the way, so you're listening to this, hopefully you're listening to this Friday morning or sometime Friday. If you miss us Friday and you catch us Saturday, this might be a moot point because Serena Williams does play Friday night in the third round, but man, her being in the U.S. Open, her last tournament, before she retires, beating the the number two ranked woman player in the world, uh, excitement is really high, and it, it's just I don't know, man. I'm getting, and again, this could be all over by the time uh, the weekend gets here. I'm starting to get like a little bit of that Tiger Woods vibe. Remember when Tiger won the Masters? You know, it was like he's done, he's done, and he's mm-hmm. washed up, and then he won the Masters. Uh, mm-hmm. Starting to get those vibes. This is a really for a casual fan, even if you don't have to be a big tennis fan mm-hmm. to you know who Serena Williams is to, to get behind her and root for her. This is really cool, ain't it, man? To, to yeah. get to see Serena play in this last tournament and then uh beat the number two player in the world and she's gonna at least get to the third round. Pretty cool, man. Yeah, I was having this conversation with some friends uh yesterday. Um, imagine being that yeah, I forget what her name is, but you're like your number two, you're the number two seed in the tournament. And mm-hmm. here comes, you know, coming in on a qual, you know, or on a, like an open invite or a qualifier, you know, whatever it is. Uh, Serena comes rolling in, like unseated, the whole thing, and it's just like, oh, cool, she ended up on my side of the bracket. Oh, cool, I get to see her in the second and round. And ain't nobody rooting for you either, right. man. Ain't no one in that. There's no, no one in that stadium that's rooting for you to no. be Serena Williams. Nobody, not even your no. family's probably not even rooting for you, man. You gotta have, you gotta have like oh. a, you gotta have a real cutthroat personality to 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 welcome that sort of atmosphere and that challenge like you got to be you gotta be a stone cold killer to be able to be like yeah no i yeah let bring her on bring on the legend let me let me take her on like yeah i know everybody here's waiting for her to win i get it let's see what let's see what she's got like she's hanging it up maybe i can maybe i can help her out you know like that's like you gotta have that kind of mentality and they're i mean tennis players are extremely competitive but and it's 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 all self-contained. You don't usually see too many of them like outwardly show like I'm gonna whoop up on this person or like they're gonna get it now. Like you don't you don't usually see that. Like Serena's one of them. Like Ser- like anytime like there'd be like a nice you know like a match where like whoever she's playing is kind of 
having an easy time. And then, you know, maybe some, maybe that person does something like they get a little too pumped after a point or they make a scene about something. Then it's like, oops, Serena woke up and now Serena is going to run, you know, is going to, you know, run you through the wall uh, and win this because you, you did something to wake him up. It's, like, it's the whole, it's that whole Michael Jordan thing. Like, you know, you don't, you know, if you're on the court with Jordan and he's having an off night, don't start talking shit at him because then suddenly he's going to wake up and he's going to dump yeah. 60 on your head. You know, yeah. like yeah. it's that, it's that kind of, it's that kind of like killer mentality you got to have to, to try to deal with, with like that whole setting with Serena, because yeah. if you ain't got that, man, you're, you're going to get overwhelmed with it real quick. Yeah. It would be really cool to see her have one final run here in her last tournament ever. And again, mm -hmm. it's kind of like with Tiger Woods when he still plays golf. I, I just, I appreciate even, I don't care if, if he misses the cut or whatever, he's just out there. I just try to appreciate every moment I can mm -hmm. because then they're gone, man. These are some of the best athletes. Uh, to ever do it, I gotta, Let, I gotta, I gotta go say though, with, with Serena, um, it reminds me. I don't know if you remember, like back in the day when Jimmy Connors made like that one last run. It wasn't like it wasn't like he was hanging it up afterwards, but he was like mid thirties, mid late thirties, or something like that. At the U.S. Open, and I sort of remember that. Yeah, I remember he had that uh, that one match that he won like late. It was like ended up going late at night. It was like a five setter, and he's like doing all like the celebrating, like pointing at everybody in the crowd. He's going nuts, and you're just like. Oh man, go get him, Jimmy! Like you know, here he is, dude from the '70s, getting it, getting all pumped up here, like you know, mid late '90s, going right. on some run, and it's just kind of like that's cool. I want to see Serena like get all fired up like that, just start like pointing fingers, getting pumped up, get you know, calling the crowd on, like let's let's do this, like get she, she go completely had, out of like you know the norm for for how tennis people usually. Yeah, she so. never had that rivalry. Like, you know, there was Macaron and Connors or Macaron mm -hmm. Bjorg, uh, and, and Nadal and Federer. Serena yeah. just pretty much dominated the division, and so many came and go, gone for mm -hmm. short periods of time that she never really had that long-standing rivalry where she would play somebody over and over again, especially in you know in Grand mm -hmm. Slam tournaments. Um, they, they, they always tried to force that Sharapova Serena, like they always tried to say that was a rivalry. I was like, man, Serena beat her. No rivalry. Beat that her was, like crazy. She, that was Tom Brady and the Patriots the against the Bills. That was Tom Brady and the Patriots against the Bills. If you want right. to call that a rivalry, that was one know, like, team whooping on the other man for year after year. Yeah, she probably like beat her like what, tw like two or three times, yeah. like total, like in know. tournaments. Like, come on. <laughs> um, all right, let's talk briefly about Matt Ariza. Um. We all know what happened. I mean, yeah. we're not going to rehash the allegations and all that stuff. I will tell you this. So, I, like I said, I was in Florida last week, and I talked about this a little bit when I taped a little bit of a, a solo podcast earlier this week. All the friends that I made in Florida, because every, unlike Buffalo, you know, you, you go walk into a bar, man, everyone's got Bills shit on. Everyone here is a Bills fan, except for Jill Yurden, who's a Lions fan. But right. for the most part, everyone's a Bills fan. When I When I lived in Florida for five years, all my friends, because nobody is from Florida, I have friends from Michigan and Minnesota and Philly and New Jersey and shit like that. So it was a bunch of different fans like I, me and, and there were other Bills fans, but it was just a very diverse group of people. And now the Bills are really good. And the last couple of times I had been down there, it's, you know, the talks always, you know, you guys are favored to win the Super Bowl. You hear that a lot now. Mm -hmm. Or Josh Allen is amazing. This and that because Josh Allen has become a household name and a big time star in the NFL now, which is really cool. Well, I was just down there this week. It ain't no one talking about any of that shit, man. Yeah. It's all about the yep. fucking punter. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it, well, I don't want to say annoying. I don't I don't know what to say. It was, it was frustrating for sure, having to be asked about that time and time and time again. 
And it really sucks because this, this, I don't want to call it an incident, but whatever this is, this completely is overshadowed everything about the Buffalo Bills. Mm -hmm. The Buffalo Bills took a beating in the media nationally. Mm -hmm. And this is the thing. And I know you're going to agree with this. I mean, it's almost like a rhetorical question when I ask you this. It was all completely deserved. Yeah. The Bills, a lot of Bills fans, and I get it, man. When you're a, a fan, a fan is a fanatic. And a fanatic stands by your team no matter what. You look for the silver lining in every single little thing. So I understand that to an extent. But I saw a lot of people on Twitter over the weekend praising the Buffalo Bills for cutting the sky and for Brandon Bean having a press conference and Sean McDermott talking to the media after the game in Carolina on Friday night. No, they don't. Just, you know what I'm saying, Joe? They're, they're, no credit should be given. There's nothing to celebrate. There's no credit to be um, there's no credit to, to give them. No, they cut a guy who, quite frankly, it sounds to me like he told the Bills his version of events. And the Bills, I don't want to know if they believed it or not, but they mm -hmm. obviously were satisfied with yeah. what Matt Ariza told them about it. I don't, I do believe him that I don't think they knew anything about it before the draft. That much I do believe, mm -hmm. and most teams did it. But obviously, at some point, Matt Ariza told him his version of what happened, and that was satisfactory to the Bills. They they called it a thorough examination, which was a mm -hmm. joke. Brandon Bean said as, as much. He pretty much said it should have been worded as an ongoing investigation, which it really wasn't even that either. Mm -hmm. They told him no. events, and then it's, uh, it seems to me like the Bills just hoped that it never came to the light of day, yeah. you know, that it never surfaced. And then the mm -hmm. civil thing came out, and it did. And, uh, I mean, again, they got rid of the guy. They had to. What else were they going to do? Yeah. So, I don't know. I just It bothers me, man. There, no Bills fan. And you listen – Every team makes a mistake, and, and the Bills are just like every other franchise in the NFL. There's nothing special or unique or different about them. They're all the same. That's just the way sports, it's a business. And uh, I don't know. It just it, I was annoyed by seeing so many people give them credit, Joe. They didn't deserve it. That's what I'm getting at. No, no, they didn't. And, you know, you look at the 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 – the time frame of how everything went and when they, you know, when they knew stuff, when they acted on stuff, like, you know, when you knew about it for like over a month and didn't act on it and you're, you, you know, you're like, Oh, we were busy investigating or, you know, waiting for the police to get involved while, you know, all this other stuff. It's like, if you're waiting for the cops to get involved with an investigation on a guy that you're, you know, hanging on to, like, I don't know, man, like it, it you know, I know, I know like the, the talk is always, you know, well, if you played a different position, it's probably, you know, a different outcome. And I'm thinking that's probably right. It's almost certainly correct. But, um, but man, like the, the, the bar for the bar that's set for a lot of, for a lot of fans to, to have it be like, okay, they did the right thing is so far underground. You know, like I, I know you were, you were saying about people saying like, you know, they're, they were satisfied, you know, they're happy that the bills did that. It's like, well, that was the least they could do, you know, mm -hmm. the, they did the absolute least they could do of anything. Um, but then it's also, you know, other people saying stuff like, well, you know, they, they handled things better than the Browns did. It's like, well, listen, you know, when, when, when your comparison is like, you know, totally broken, you know, society failing version of how to handle things versus doing the common decency thing, like, I don't know, man, like that, you know, that, that bar is like nine miles underground to get over when you're like, well, you know, we did better than the Browns did like, cool. Like that, that didn't, that wasn't very hard to do, you know, like, but, um, but yeah, it's, I don't know, man, like this, I don't know it's, it's a lot of people that show their ass about, 
you know, how they feel about things, you know, for, if, for a lot if of you stuff. Make, if you make the case, Joe, that it seems that the Bills at some point knew about it. And again, if maybe satisfied with his version of events, but regardless, just hoped that it never saw the light of day. I yeah. tweeted, the only thing I really tweeted about this while it was going on was I kind of felt what it must feel like right now to be a Cleveland Browns fan. If you have morals, mm -hmm. the confliction, like let's just say for the sake of discussion, the bill said we're going to wait for a criminal investigation and Matt Arisa was still on this team right now. Mm -hmm. I'd have a hard time rooting for him. Yeah. But I probably still would. I'm not going to be sitting here and be, you know, high and mighty. And I'd be lying to you if I said, well, I'm never going to root for this team again because they got uh, someone accused uh, of raping a, a minor on there. And by the way, let's not downplay what right. is being alleged. I mean, it's absolutely disgusting, deplorable, despicable act. What a horrible human being. I'm trying to control my, uh, yeah. <laughs> my, my language a little bit at the very least he pretty much admitted that he had sex with with, with the girl and they get checked mm -hmm. for an std and you have to admit this too joe i mean look he's a rookie punter okay on a team that's really good and they ain't gonna be punting that much mm -hmm. let's be honest we're that dawson knox we're that stefan diggs we're that micah hyde mm -hmm. is he getting cut 24 hours after the it hits the fan i don't know man i don't know it's easy to cut a punter. Yeah. I, I don't know, man. It's just a, it's a really ugly situation. Like I said, I, I don't compare it to the Browns, but I kind of understand what it's like to be a Browns fan who <laughs> just, because I will get bills. I will get bills fans credit for one thing. And especially a lot of women, they were on that shit immediately. Like they wanted this scumbag gone immediately. Yeah. And they were angry about it. I will give them, you know, credit for that. And then there were a couple fans who, you know, innocent until proven guilty yeah. and i don't know it's just a really ugly situation yeah, and it tough. really it really sucks to put a a black cloud over what's been a really fun off season with the buffalo bills you know yeah well it, here's the crazy part though <laughs> that they're trying to do this you know trying to do all this punting stuff on the cheap and then you know like get a guy that you can market and then the guy turns out to be you know a piece of a piece of garbage and now they come out of the end of it with Sam Martin, who is who is you know one of the best you know one of the best punters in the, the NFL. Like statistically, yeah. Man. You know, I mean, uh, we'll see we'll see how the not Denver air hits him. But <laughs> well, that's uh, the thing. They, they Brandon B was talking about. He doesn't have the strongest leg, but accuracy and placement is his strength. Guess what I heard last year yeah. at the same time when it came to Matt Hawk. Mm -hmm. yeah. Kind of the same deal, and I just uh, I, I, you know, some people were just like, yeah, wow, what a great pickup. I was like. Picking up a former lion, you say, huh? Okay, <laughs> that's interesting. That's a that's a welcome thing. Okay, interesting. It's just especially I a don't punter know. who they always use a punter in Detroit. They didn't keep the guy. Okay, it's it's a really sad situation, and I I think as details got reported and became available, what might have bothered me the most is that the Bills only had one conversation, yeah, the other side and never contacted the victim who was mm -hmm. apparently willing to talk. They never followed up with any conversation. So I don't know how you could sit there with a microphone in front of you and call it any kind of thorough or ongoing investigation or anything when you clearly did not make an effort and yeah. until, like I said, it became uh until it became, they had no choice. The, yeah. the bills had no choice, but to cut um, oh, yeah. you know, it, yeah. it's just, I'll it's, never understand athletes, how, how some of these, guys could just be so dumb and put themselves in these situations man mm -hmm. just 
you're gifted and very few people are ever gifted to be able to play a sport professionally. All you got to do are two things. I, I said this, you got to train really hard and don't be a fucking criminal. Yeah. That's it. And then you're going to be rich and do something that you and I and 99% of people who love sports dreamed of doing, mm -hmm. you know, it's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I, anyway. I'll never I'll, <laughs> listen. You and I are the kind of people that would just say like that stuff is just kind of like, I don't get how you would ever, get it in your head to think like yeah no this is this is a great idea let's do this <laughs> sounds sounds great to, to to get involved with these sorts of things and you know not have any consideration for where your life is headed in you know in a direction where it's like you don't have to worry about anything ever again <laughs> and you're just kind of like yeah let's spice this up a little let's be a, let's let's be a felon you know it's unbelievable man so that's uh all right, let's take a real quick break. Fuck Matt Arisa. We'll take a quick yeah. break. We'll come back. I do want to spend a few minutes talking about this Bills roster and then get to the Sabres and then our draft. Be right back, folks. Sports fans who like to wager, I'm here to tell you about Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. If you're looking for a one-stop space on these interwebs to compare odds live up to the minute, look no further than Odds Trader. Why is OddsTrader so valuable to you? Well, for starters, it's the perfect place to compare betting odds and lines from all the major sports books. Why does that matter? Well, it matters because if you're liking a team, you want to throw down some cash on them, you're getting your choice of what's getting you the best odds, the best lines. It's a chance to find the highest payouts if you're betting on the underdogs or whether you're profiting the most if you're going with the favorites. OddsTrader also allows you to compare all the different signup codes and promos from the sports books so that you can get the best deal out there for you. If that's not enough, Odds Trader, the app, also gives you player stats, key game stats, injury reports, projected game day weather, which by the way, that could be a huge thing to know in certain situations. Odds Trader also has a betting tracker so they can keep records of all your games that you have wagers on and all your betting activity. Simply put, Odds Trader gives you quite literally everything you need to make the most informed bets humanly possible. If you're in this betting on sports games, any sport, by the way, make sure you go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Again, that's oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Oddstrader, the number one site for all your game day bets. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
All right, I'm back here, and I'm swearing way too much for this episode, man. That that matterizer <laughs> stuff just gets me fired up. I'm here with Joe Yurden, Casual Friday. No surprises. I mean, I, I know you follow the Bills roster to an extent, at least anyway, during camp and preseason. Sure. Uh, no real surprise. O.J. Howard was – I don't think he was as big of a surprise as many people thought. A lot of people were thinking he wasn't going to get cut because he had guaranteed money. When listen, man, when you're a Super Bowl contender and uh it's not gonna put you over the cap, if he's not one of the best players at that position, mm-hmm. then then you gotta get rid of him. And I I'll give some Buffalo media people credit too as well, because I remember when OTAs in shorts and then mini camps, OJ Howard was not or looking good. I remember Matt Perino talking about him looking slow and this and that. I'm like, dude, freaking mini camp, and they're in t-shirts and shorts, man. Mm-hmm. Like, what are you talking about? He don't look yeah. good. How do you know how he looks? <laughs> well, turns out they were right because he didn't look good in pads and practice and preseason apparently either. Um, the Bills got rid of him. Um, uneventful besides that, though. I think we all kind of predicted that, too. I don't. We went into this training camp saying, well, there's not a lot of big-time roster battles. Cody Ford got traded. I mean, that was news. Yeah. Um, you know, he was uh, – but, again, he was no lock here to, to, to make this team. I remember one topic that you and I did talk about, and it was football. And also, I asked, you know, from a hockey perspective as well, mm-hmm. if you remember, what's more important, practice or, or the preseason? Yeah. You know, in terms of making uh, the roster, I would say if you do believe that preseason matters, mm-hmm. uh, Tommy Sweeney and Quinn and Morris, the two tight ends, outplayed OJ Howard at practice and camp. And apparently in the preseason, too. And then they end up making the team. But on the other hand, where if you don't think shit matters in the preseason anyway, Jameson Crowder really didn't do anything. Mm-hmm. Isaiah Hodgins had a really, really good preseason. And Isaiah Hodgins got cut. And yeah. Jameson Crowder didn't. So. Yeah. It's, yeah. I, I, sometimes it's easy to predict. I, the, the Howard thing, like... It got so much attention because of the name and what he, you know, what he was in Tampa. Yeah. Former first-round pick. Right. And you're thinking like, oh, luxury. This is great. Like we got Dawson Knox. We got this other guy who was great for so long. We're we're set. And it's like, are you set? Like this dude blew out his Achilles however many years ago. You know, like who comes back from that in this, you know, as the same sort of explosive athlete? Like the fact that he's able to still like be competitive at an NFL level is impressive. Like that's that's an incredible credit to him. But you know, a lot of his, what made his game so good when he was, you know, before the injury was that he was, that he was pretty quick for a tight end. Uh, he was able to, you know, do some deeper routes. He was able to catch ball, you know, get, get deep, you know, get deep over the middle, all that stuff, all the stuff you want to see from like higher end tight ends, you know, that, that, that are pass catchers, not blockers, but, um, but when you can't shed those linebackers in coverage or you're getting stuffed at the line or you're, you know, you're just, you're not able to, you know, Help out, help out on those blocks downfield or whatever it is. That's, that's tough, man. Like, because at least for guys like Tommy Sweeney, like you know, Sweeney's got to catch like what maybe five balls a year, if that. You know, like yeah. he's, he's out there to he's out there to like kind of stack the line, give like a you know a deeper option underneath if you know if Allen needs to or or what have you. But like you know those guys, like their role is you know to be kind of the heavies out there and 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 help out with the blocking. But you know you don't you don't really need to go ham at that position because you're set, you know, you've got, you you know, you got your, you got your main guy and you got the rest that you, you got Knox, you got everybody else. Like, you, having a guy like Howard would have just been pure luxury at that point. 
three months ago, I would have said it's a big surprise that OJ Howard would not make this team healthy. You know, like maybe he got hurt and they had an injury settlement or he won an IR or something, in yeah. part because Tommy Sweeney was garbage last year and Quinny Morris was a nobody, quite frankly. Who, by the way, he's looked really good all summer long, according to a lot of people who covered the team. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, to to once it got to the point where people were saying reporters, credible reporters were saying over and over again, you know, this guy's not really looking that good. He's he's on the bubble. And yeah. I'm like, all right, well, it's not really surprising. Who cares about his uh his guaranteed money? I don't know. Just uh, I, I I think we predicted this. It was an uneventful camp, which is a good thing, by the way. Yeah. An unevent. The, the the most important thing to come out of the preseason is nobody suffered a significant injury. Mm-hmm. Jordan Poyer got hurt, but he'll be playing in Week One next week against the Rams. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody of substance anyway suffered an injury during preseason. I would yep. say the other significant thing is now we know for sure Trey White's going to miss at least four games. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of speculated that. In all likeliness, because he can't even practice after that fourth game, he'll probably miss the first six games. He might not even, I've heard reports, he might not come back until after the bye, week eight. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's substance, that that matters. Mm-hmm. But it's been pretty a pretty uh, boring, uneventful camp mm-hmm. in the preseason, which, again, when you're the favorites, I think that's a good thing. Minus Matt Ariza, of course. Well, yeah, yeah. If you can, you can, if you can avoid very avoidable dramatic instances like that, mm-hmm. that's even better. But, uh, but yeah, no, like the for a team that's that's going to have a lot of noise around them all year and already, you know, already did just because of you know being the uh, being one of the favorites. Yeah, you couldn't you couldn't ask for for a better you know less distracting uh, camp than that. I mean, obviously, you know, arises a whole that's a whole different you know, monster with, with, as far as that goes, but, um, but I mean like roster wise, team wise, you know, how things set up basically what they, you know, what they could have written down in pencil before camp opened is probably what they wrote down in ink now, you know, or at least really close to it. Anyhow. Yeah. I'm just, uh, the corners of the corner going into this season, we've talked endlessly about their first seven games being difficult cornerback right away. I think, uh, you're playing the Rams. You got Cooper cup and Allen Robinson right off the bat here, man. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Dane Jackson, who all of a sudden, if you would have told me one year ago that Dane Jackson would be the Bills' number one corner going into week one, I would have said you're nuts because, of course, Trey White and then they had Levi Wallace. So yeah. we'll see how things play out, man. And uh, by the way, next week we will be live, right, taping this live, I should say, mm-hmm. immediately following the Bills-Rams game uh, on Thursday night. Let's switch gears before we get to our draft here because now there's finally some Sabres news. You and yes. Lance on maintenance day every week, you guys – are coming up with topics, which again, I give you a lot of credit for because mm-hmm. there's just ain't shit going on. So you guys are doing a good job of, you know, at least having interesting conversations without much <laughs> going on. Well, now I'm sure you and Lance are going to have plenty to talk about on your next episode here oh, because sure. Paige Thompson <laughs> signs seven years, uh, $50 million. Mm-hmm. I, I shouldn't say I was surprised, but it was a very mixed bag of uh, reactions mm-hmm. on social media immediately after. Um, it's pretty obvious how you would feel about either way. If if you're for the signing, you're like, listen, um, they Kevin Adams wants to keep this core together, mm-hmm. and he showed he broke out last year. They've spent a lot of time, a lot of resources developing this guy. That all came to fruition last year. Thirty eight mm-hmm. goals, probably the best player on the team, one of the better players in the league. You know, scoring goals and stuff last year, and he still could be ascending. So. Let's lock him up now. If you wait a year or two and he does it again, you're gonna it's gonna cost you more money. Yeah. Um. So let's get our guys locked up. The other end, Jeff Skinner 2.0. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was 
yeah. annoying to yeah. listen to over and over again. All the critics, <laughs> um, you know, Tage Thompson's had one good year. Now we're just stuck with him for seven years and Man. 50 million. Bad contract. Here's what I want to do. I want to play a clip from Andrew Peters, former Sabres Andrew Peters, on his After the Whistle podcast that he does mm-hmm. uh, with Greg oh, Rebay. Hold on, before before I get to it, I got to uh, make sure I do this right here. All right, before I play this clip, I'll say this again. He is he did not like the signing. All right, mm-hmm. so I'm going to play this clip. You haven't heard this. Most people probably have not heard this either. So let me play this, and I'm going to get your reaction to Andrew Peters and your thoughts um, on the signing as well. So let me play this clip. I don't know why the Sabers would make this make this signing right now. There's no rush on this guy. There's there's no rush on him. There is a rush on. He's him. not a UFA next year. Okay, so yep. there's there's no rush to sign him. I, I what happens look, if uh, look, Tage Thompson goes and scores forty goals next year and has seventy five points? When he goes to arbitration, I don't starts- think he's going to do that. So, me being the team, I'm going to bet against that and say go prove it. And if you do get there, well, guess what? We have got quite the player, and you know what? We weren't really looking in just spending that kind of money on your tage, but now that we got to spend a little bit more, but it's going to be worth it to know that the proof is in the pudding versus, you know, a, a, a one good season. Don't tell me he's had more than one good year. All right. There it is. Andrew Peters, pretty poignant comments. Um, I don't know. What do you make of that? What do what do you think? Woo boy. That's a, uh... I, we needed the we needed the fire trucks to go by for, for Andrew. <laughs> that was that was odd. Take alert right there. I could not disagree more with with, with what he says there. Um, the saying, you know, what's he proven? Okay, fair. Like that's that's the one point that he makes is fair. What's he proven? Okay, he's got one good year. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's got one one good year in a system with a team with a coach that is still the system and the coach and the team uh, and whatever issues that he had in the previous seasons under the many coaches that he played for, they're not there anymore. Like those, the, the hitches in the game, the, you know, the, the, you know, the big winding shot is gone. You know, he's a, he's a quick shooter. He's good. You know, he, they've leaned into all of his strengths as opposed to just, you know, seeing big guy play big guy hockey. Like they stopped, they, they got a coach that figured out like, well, he's a big guy that can do smaller guy things and that's dangerous too. So, um, I, it's, but like the, the whole thing, like, well, he's not even UFA next year. You know, what are they, what are they paying him like that for now? Like, well, let's look back into the distant past of Sam Reinhardt. I knew you were going to say that. Thank you. Tons of scoring tons of points and then dicking around and dragging them around and being like, okay, well, here's a one-year deal. Ah, here's another one-year deal. And then you, you walk him up to the point where he can, can become a UFA. And then you're like, uh, do you want to stay here long-term now? Like, do you want to do that? And he's like laughing at you as he walks out the door and says, no, we had our chance to do that two, three years ago. So, you know, no, like we're not doing that now uh, because that's what happens in this case. Cause if you, you know, cause if you get to a spot where you're like, well, we don't want to, you know, make the commitment yet. So we, we need to see how you're going to turn out. Uh, so, you know, if you could just, uh, you know, be okay with that, that's fine. All right, man, cool. But I'm just going to load up on goals and points and show you what's what you're not going to like that. Um, 
So yeah, you don't want to turn it into a Reinhardt thing because that's exactly what what could end up happening. You don't want it to turn into a thing where you have to pay him more. Like Andrew, you know, Andrew says like, well, you know, if, if he makes you pay more, no big deal. Like spending money has been a very big deal for, for Buffalo with everything that they've done the last, you know, three seasons, three, four years. They don't want to spend a lot of money. They don't like spending tons of money. Like they, they just don't want to do any of that. So the fact that you're thinking that the way that they're going to operate is to say, well, if we got to pay him 10 million a year after, after this season, well, them's the breaks. That's what we did. It's no, no. If you believe in the player and they very clearly do, you say, we're going to sign you long-term now to this because we're, you know, because this is what we want to do. We think, you know, you're worth it. Let's do it this way. Yeah, you do that. And if you're Tage, you're saying yes to that too, because, you know, it's a great offer. Like it, it takes care of everything for you. You know, he, Tage, Tage and his, uh, his girl, they just had a baby. So like, he's got that to think about. And so now he gets, he gets the, you know, the, the solidification of, you know, having seven more years after this one. Great. Perfect. He's seven million a year, even better. Like that's, he's set. Like he's, he's set. He's good. So I, I don't know. Like if, if you want to do like a, you know, like an Aaron judge type thing or a PK Subban thing from back in the day where you're like, well, we're only going to offer you one year. It's like, okay, man, but I'm going to make you pay for doing that. The team doesn't want to be in that spot. And, you know, listen, if Tage, Tage is going to do that, he'll do it. Like, that's it's where it's at right now because he's he's in the right situation. So, I don't know. It, it's it, it's it's very foolish to think that long playing something like this is, is the way to go because you give a guy more opportunities to dominate and to, to show you that, yeah, this is for real. You're going to end up hurting yourself way more. Like, people are mad about $7 million. Okay. Well, what if he ends up the number two center? Okay. Well, who's the number one center? Because that person's going to be pretty damn good. And if you're paying them, if you're paying the number one center, I mean, you have to assume it's some it's somebody younger that that'll happen to. Uh, you're probably paying them less for now, but okay, cool. Like then you've got two great weapons up the middle. Like that's how yeah. that works. It's not like you're saying, oh, well, he's going to be a fourth line center making seven. No, that that's not the case. But, um, but to think that like this is this is wrong for the reasons that that Andrew was speaking about is that is not correct. I have I have a couple of Sabres takes here, Joe. And by the way, if you're watching this on YouTube, and again, if you are, make sure you hit that subscribe button and like this video. I actually have, and I don't do this. I actually have a Sabres hat on right now. No, I'll be it. It's a green St. Patrick's Day one, but okay. I kind of make it a rule of thumb. Like you never see me on this show if you watch the videos that I put out. Mm-hmm. I don't wear Bills or Sabres stuff. I wear Buffalo stuff mm-hmm. or whatever, but I, I really, I don't like just wearing team stuff. It's just, I don't know, something about it I don't like personally. But anyway, I, I got a couple of takes, man. Number one, the one thing I especially disagree with, Andrew Peters suggested that the Sabres should bet against him. I completely disagree. No. You, bet, you bet on him. Yes. You know, you take your best players, your core players. I think if anything, you bet on them. Mm-hmm. So that's where I completely disagree. I think. This is a good sign that Tage Thompson, who had a breakout year, I mean, it, it takes two to, to get a deal done, right? Mm-hmm. And they could have, he could have said, nah, you know, I'll wait a year, what, two years or whatever before you yeah. be a free agent. Let's just see how it goes again. I might get more money or I might not want to be here in two years and I might want right. to go play in Montreal or, you know, some big time, some Chicago, somewhere, you know, a, a yeah. bigger market or something like that. The fact that he had his one good year, 
and he wanted to stay here for seven, eight years says a lot to me about the player, mm-hmm. about his character. It kind of makes me believe a little bit more when Kevin Adams talks about guys who want to be here and the guys that are here like it and they want to build a winner here. Mm-hmm. This kind of is, you know, that could often be coach talk. This, this is proof in the pudding a little bit that mm-hmm. Tage Thompson has a 38 goal season. And then he's now he signs a seven year extension the very next off season, man. So that says something to me and maybe you'd completely disagree, but I, I feel like this also, it, it, maybe it shows the NHL and potential a year or two down the road, free agents that this is an organization that if you play well here, mm-hmm. that you'll get rewarded for it. I I felt that's been one of the biggest strengths with the Buffalo bills. They have the Buffalo bills have not lost many good free agents over this last four or five years mm-hmm. because they're constantly extending and re-signing their own core players as opposed, well, they went out and got Vaughn Miller now, but and then they traded for Stephon Diggs. But for the most part, most of the Buffalo Bills players are homegrown and, and or they they came here and they've proved their worth and, and they've been re-signed and extended. Maybe if you're an NHL free agent now around the league watching and paying attention to what's going on with the Sabres, you're like, all right, this team is serious. They're keeping their core players and they're going to mm-hmm. reward their good players. You know what I'm saying? So maybe yeah. it, it does say a little bit, maybe not much, but at least around the league for guys who might be keeping an eye on this franchise. Yeah. And to, to, to meet your point about, you know, betting on your guy, like this is the, the, this is the proof of doing that saying like, yeah, no, we believe in you. We, we, we've helped develop you to this point. We've got you, got you here. We believe in you as we believe in what we've been able to, 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 to work with you on. Um, Don't you gotta be, if you're a GM, Joe, don't you have to take calculated risks, you know, and, yep. and bet on players. Cause if it was that easy, just you and I could be a GM then, you know, <laughs> right. We can do it on video games and it doesn't cost us anything. <laughs> like that's cost us the 60 bucks to buy the game. Right. But like, uh, but, but I mean, listen, you know, one of the, you know, some people, some have been critical of Adams, you know, saying he hasn't really, you know, taken any big, big risks or, you know, made, made any big jumps to me. He's made two pretty gutsy calls here in the last few months, you know, one was, one, one was going with Eric Comrie to be the goalie, yeah. you know, like based, you know, essentially based on, you know, 19 games that he played last season saying, well, listen, he's as good of an option as we're going to get. He's got two years to show us what he can do. He's our presumptive number one goalie next year. Let's see how it goes. Well, if it doesn't work at people are going to kill Adams about it. And rightfully so. Uh, and now with Thompson, it's saying, Listen, we we know it's it's based on one year. I mean, he, he scored 38 goals last year. Yes, he had 35 points his previous three seasons. Right three seasons, you know. So you know, it, it's it's a it's a huge step up and it's a huge glow up for him. But it's 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 a bit of a gamble to to say, like, listen, we we like where you're going. We see this going. You're going to be doing this for a few more years. So let's get you locked in now. If it doesn't work, I mean, listen, we're not going to figure that out ideally for maybe two years hopefully if if we figure it out after this year that it's a mistake then that's that's you know adams will get absolutely crushed for that because he falls back and scores like 12 points next year right but like if he comes back to like earth like that where it's you know 14 15 points they got sabers are in are deep shit (laughs) like for a lot of reasons there but um but yeah i i you know it's it, it it for a team that hasn't really gambled a lot, you know, in in 
kind of serious ways. Because, I mean, you can look at, well, it was a gamble with Eichel. No, it wasn't. He was he was there. Oh, gamble with Reiner. Well, they gambled with his long-term happiness, and they failed that one. Um, but, like, with guys that you figure are going to be here for a long time, those weren't gambles. Those were, just, those were just automatics. Like, yeah, these guys are here. This isn't – this is a bit more of an unknown. Like, you know, Thompson – I hope the Thompson blowing up like this doesn't set the expectation that – you know, hey, these guys have been working hard. Once they get into, once they get up here, they're going to turn into like monster players. You, I mean, obviously, you want that to be the case, but like, sure. if that's like from the outset, like oh, this guy's kind of struggled a little bit in Rochester. I don't know. Get him in the pros. Let's see what happens. Like that, that doesn't always work that way. What would you say if I told you, say, three years ago, when everyone in the world, including me, was calling Tage Thompson a scrub? You know, part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade, the worst trade the Sabers have ever made ever. You know, and now you look three years later and this man has just got a seven year, $50 million extension coming off a 38 goal season. It's just crazy. He's a one year wonder until, until he's not. Tell people who are listening right now, why regardless the Jeff Skinner 2.0 comparison is horrible because I, God, I hate that comparison. You could probably say it better than I can, unless you think it's accurate. I don't whatsoever. Uh, I don't like, I don't like that either because uh, I'm still of the mind that um, Ralph Kruger made it so that it was horrible for two years for him, you know, sure. Uh, Like that relationship was antagonistic from the beginning and, Mm -hmm. you know, it soured everything there. So of course he's going to look like crap when he's being played in the third line and, you know, fourth line or being, you know, made to practice with the taxi squad during the, you know, during the COVID shortened season, like just, of course that guy's not going to be worth $9 million at that point. He's his, his worth has been, you know, befouled. So, uh, but now he's a 30 goal guy again. He's a 30, 35 goal guy. Well, weird. That works. Suddenly that $9 million is okay. Mm. Um, you know, I, I don't know that, that that's, it's such, it's, it's a, it's a bogus theory. It's just meant to be, it's not even trolling. It's just, you're just being kind of a doofus about it. You know, Maybe like, you just don't know any better. Well, I don't know. Yeah, man. It's just, I, it, when you're paid a lot of money, you're just going to get that example. And like yeah, everybody, it's lazy. Every, everybody at that first year be after, you know, you know, he's getting you know, skunked in the lineup and he's not scoring. People are just like, Oh, what a waste of money. Like, yeah. oh, what are you going to do, man? Like, like they, I would assume that people wouldn't be dumb enough to sign a guy to an eight year, $72 million contract and then force him to play in the bottom six. Right. Like, you know, like you know, a month after signing that deal, like I, I would, I would hope people were smart enough to not do that. But hey, it's a lazy assessment. It's yeah, a lazy it assessment. Jeff Skinner's a good player, and by the way, when Jeff Skinner, before when the Sabers did sign him after he had one good year, he also was a good player before he got to Buffalo. Case Thompson has literally had one good season in his entire career. So just the assessment alone, it's like, just. The other thing, he's 24, man. Yeah, yeah, he's just lazy. I will say this, though. On social media, the the reaction was divided. Mm -hmm. However, I also think that it might have been a loud minority, or I think the majority of people, Sabres fans, are pretty happy to to Mm -hmm. get him locked up, even if they just might be a little more quiet about it, whereas critics were a lot more vocal. That's just the way things usually work. One thing, though, before we get to the draft, that is seems universally um, praised is the Sabres going back to the black and red. Um, And they're doing it too for 12 games, by the way. So it's not just like this one game gimmick. So 12 games starting on November 23rd. And I did the math and I needed a calculator because I'm not good at math, 
But 12 out of 41 games, that's nearly 30% of their game. So, again, they're going to be wearing these uniforms. You're going to get a lot of good looks at them. Um, yeah. St. Louis, the, the, the highlights, the first one, November 23rd against St. Louis, that's also 90s night. Hashtag, I'm going to be at that freaking game. I can tell you that right now. <laughs> um, then they were four times in December, uh, twice in January, just once in February, and then three times in March. And then I think it's their – last game of the season at home at least anyway against ottawa which man how cool would it be to have those uniforms playing ottawa and having mean something going back to the you know the playoffs or the rivalry with with ottawa back in the day when they wore yeah. those uniforms but are you you're a fan of these uniforms you like this is this every team does marketing but does it this feels like a good marketing by the way the video presentation too especially if you like stranger yeah. things was really freaking cool so major props to the sabers uh social media team for putting out a really cool hype video for these. Yeah. I, I, I just hope that that the, uh, the locker room is set up that way this season when it's, when it's those nights, I want, I want it to look like, uh, like the, the, the doom sector of the under, you know, of, of you know, uh, of, of was it the upside down or the inside down. out or something. I think of the name. I'm just losing my the upside mind. down. Yeah. From stranger things. Yeah. Uh, cool, man. Yeah. Like it's, it's cool to see that. I saw like, the one thing that gets me though is that like you know they announce it which is cool but it's like then they don't show any of the jerseys and it's like guys come on like just, right we i mean we know what they look like but like come on guys just please just you know just just show us what it what it is that's all but um but yeah it's it, 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 listen I, it it was i think it was time for this to happen like it, you needed like they've been doing so much stuff where it's like they did so much ignoring of like what fans liked and what fans wanted over the last God knows how long, you know, where it's just, just not even paying attention to anything, like anything that the fans want to hear or want to do or any of this stuff. And now it's like, now they're very, very much paying attention. And it's good because as listen, I, I know trying to listen and cut through the noise on like team Twitter accounts and stuff is, is an impossible job. And, you know, full marks to any social media manager in sports that has to deal with it. But like, sometimes there's some really smart ideas out there being kicked around and sometimes they catch fire and like doing something like this wasn't, this was a slam dunk. You didn't even need to listen to fans for this, but fans wanted it. Like they knew this when they, uh, when they did the reverse retro thing with the, uh, with the butter knives Jersey a couple years ago. And it was like, wow, this is cool. Like they you know, made it blue and gold colors. Like that's awesome um and so it's just like just and people are just like just do the black and red like do it as a third jersey and that's so now that's what they're doing so it's great i'm going to let me see if i can pull it up here i got it i'm gonna okay i want to play it this is the look oh this is their reaction the team's reaction to the video it's alex tuck rasmus asplund and dylan cousins yeah Hey, old school. <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> do you think players genuinely like care what the uniforms? I think they do. Yeah. I'm going to put those on. That's going to be fun. So exactly what I'm going to get picture wearing. Yeah. I mean, that's that's all the uh, posters up in my room. Dominic Kashik and... Uh, Ryan Miller, a couple goalies, Maximum Finnegan, Tim Conley, guys like that, that posters. And a lot of that uh, that logo is uh, special for sure. So, go ahead. Excited about that. 
That's pretty cool. Now that was a video I I, I pulled the yeah. wrong one actually. That was players' reaction. I meant to pull the regular video, but it worked. It worked out. It was good. It was yeah. Good. Anyway, that's really cool. And, and again, I, I think people are getting excited about this team. I I think mm -hmm. people are for the most part having realistic ex expectations. I don't see many people talking about the Sabers being any kind of Stanley Cup contender, but you don't need they don't need to be Stanley Cup contenders to be optimistic about this team right now. Right. I just it feels like they're headed in the right direction. And I know it felt like that a handful of years ago too with Eichel and Ryan Iron and some of these other good young players, but I don't know. It just feels a little bit different right now to me. It really truly does, man. I'm yeah. I'm, buy, I'm buying in. I, I really am. The uh it the the cool thing with doing stuff like this though is that it, like you know the whole thing we joked around a bit you know because it was you know it was, it, it definitely was a thing was like the whole positive vibes thing going on around the team and like this keeps it going like that's the thing like right it's it, it's it's funny like you know have fun and do cool things is a is a really easy way to to get people interested in in what you're and what you got going on and you know that's. It's nice to see him doing it for once because before it was just always like do nothing and expect the fans to just like love everything you do. And it's like, no, like it does, <laughs> when you don't win any games and then you're like not doing anything to make any like make things fun. Like, who cares? Do you remember this podcast a year or so ago when like, now we're, I am praising social media and people are like, oh, my God, that's so cool. And the comments and the mentions for the most part are really cool. Uh, do you remember not too long ago where God forbid they would post or tweet happy birthday to Kim Bagula or Terry Bagula or, or, or anyone right. in that front office or the coaches or something. Oh my God. Sell the or team. The Every tweet, sell the team, sell the team. Right. But just nasty ass shit. What a difference a year has made. And it's really, uh, it's really cool to see, man. All right. Uh, let's finish with our starting five draft. Do we have even have to bring up last week? I, this is the part What's of the that? show. I hate, I hate having the, bring up last week's draft because it's almost always is categorically bad for me. We did best nah. Disney characters. I don't think it was, it should have been as bad. We as didn't the expect it to be like this. Right. I we agree. Not but, have, I mean, of course we had, we each had zero confidence of what we picked. So right. And, 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 and we both also admitted we respect Disney. We like Disney, but we're not like Disney junkies. You know what I mean? Like we didn't do no. random studying of our, not of our Disney. draft boards, but no. we did best Disney characters. Joe won handily 72% of the vote. Um, he had Mickey mouse, Simba, Genie from Aladdin, uh, Sebastian and Olaf. I had Donald duck, goofy, Jimmy, Jimmy cricket, man. That did oh. not go over well for me. No. Winnie the Pooh. Who, by the way, there's a horror movie coming out with Winnie the Pooh or some shit like that. I hear some bloody shit. And Woody, who a lot of people rightfully said is actually Pixar, but now Disney owns him. So yes. technically he was eligible, but whatever. Long story short, my my squad got shit on. And uh, yeah. I looked it up, and this is kind of embarrassing too. I've lost three in a row, and I've now lost eight of the last nine. Oof. So... This shit is getting out of hand pretty quickly. We've done, let me do the math here. We've done, and you're up 37, 18. There was a time where I had it kind of respectable. Again, it was like, mm -hmm. you know, 26, 17 or something like that. Yeah. And now it's right back up to uh, looking ridiculously bad. Got, got where, people, up now. Yeah. where people accuse me uh, of tanking these drafts for clicks, <laughs> which don't even make any sense because it's a podcast, not a, not a blog. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> I, I will say my a buddy of mine, you know, he, he likes keeping up on this just to see if he can bust my chops or your chops or both of our chops. 
uh, like checked out the last two because he's like, he's like, I've been on vacation, so I'm listening to no podcast. All right, that's fair. Um, so he looked up like what the polls were, and he looked at he looked at the Disney one. He goes, Jiminy Cricket, what's he thinking? And I was like, I, I was like, I know, but like the rivalry poll, he goes, first pick was Jets and Sharks. Are you kidding me? Like West Side Story is the first pick. And then he goes out. He's like, what's this other one? What's the, I go, it's the outsiders. He goes, what the hell dude? Like, <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I, so he was just very, he was like very critical. Like he didn't look at my picks to, to like, to, to, to say if I blew anything because I've, I won. So uh, I've, I've just been, I don't know what it is, man. Maybe I choke under the big lights or something. I have no idea. Or I, I think as I overthink some things, yeah. like I get cutesy. Mm-hmm. with some picks and that almost always um kills me so this week we're doing and this is on the advice of someone else and i'll have to look up who it is to give credit to at some point but it's the soprano supporting characters that means any character that was on the show minus tony soprano is eligible to be picked um so i yeah you took mickey mouse yes so you're so i got first first. pick see the good thing we're doing no tony because you would have just won it Right away with the first. Right, pick. right. Again, there's just <laughs> some things that, you know, it'd be like doing a draft of the office characters and picking Michael Scott first. You know, you're going mean, to get it's... 60, 70% of the vote just on that. And quite honestly, before we even get going with this draft, I truly think that there's a lot of even characters. Like there's no one slam dunk automatic. I don't think, I don't, you might have somebody 10th and I have them second. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it, that's what I'm saying. It could go a lot of different ways. So, oh, I think I, I do know who you're taking first. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if you do or not. Mm-hmm. You might. I mean, we're going to find out, but I'm going to tell you this. I am very hopeful to get both of them by top two. Okay. So, I'm really hoping that. And again, yeah. you and I, by the way, you and I have never talked, other than a draft, you and I have never talked Sopranos. We no. never talked shop with this. So, no. I have no idea who you like or who you don't like. Mm-hmm. So, this is going to be completely surprising to okay. me. So I don't have any indication at all what you're going to do. I have the first pick and it's not, it's not that easy. It, it's truly not. No, but it's not. no. I, I can't, I, God, I, I wanted, I, I want them both. <laughs> can I have the first two and then you could have the next five? I really no. want. <laughs> no, no. Cause giving up two characters, this could mean death. Like that's, I gotta, like, I have to, I have to go with Christopher Baltasati. That's going to be my first pick. Yes. I have to, he, he just, he's funny. He's ruthless. I mean, and he is funny too. Yes. And he's funny even when he wasn't trying to be, do you remember the episode? It was, it was a collective effort. It just wasn't him, but mm-hmm. to me and the Sopranos was certainly no comedy, but it had its funny moments. The episode where he had his intervention with everybody. Mm-hmm. That was one of my favorite episodes ever, man. When people were just yeah. talking about what a piece of shit he is. <laughs> And he just went, <laughs> he went crazy, man. But anyway, he was, he was, a, he was a great character. Uh, like I said, he was ruthless, but he was also funny. Mm-hmm. He wanted more, you know, than just being a gangster. He yeah. wanted to be a famous uh, writer and director. Um, so yeah, I, I, I got to take him. I, I, I wouldn't be able to live with myself if I didn't. And then you yeah. took him. I'm hoping, and I'll be you, honest with you. Cause you I really, board, I, I would have taken him. I, I like, really want, there's someone I really want bad, and I, I obviously won't tell you. Okay, you well, got two. Uh, so okay, so two. My next, my my first two here. My next two. My first two. Uh, I have to go with Tony's foil. 
the the person that was always kind of well, there's a, Tony has a lot of foils. I was going to say, <laughs> <was talking about. laughs> it's not really narrowing down the field, uh, but like the one that was he was on best terms with, I guess. Uh, I got to go with Doctor Melfi. Okay. Okay. Um, Lorraine Bracco was. I mean, Lorraine Bracco was. You know, forever. You know, mo- you know, mob entertainment. You know, uh, royalty for you know for being uh, what uh, in Goodfellas and and then The Sopranos, but like. Had a point to make on her afterwards, but yes, oh, absolutely. Yeah. But she, uh, but the way she was the the counterpoint to what Tony was trying to do and trying to like get himself justified being a gangster, and she was just having none of it ever. She was just right. like, quit being a piece of shit. <laughs> like that was how she handled things. And and then you know Tony being like, well, she's kind of hot. I think I might have to you know see what's going on. Here. And then it's, you know it's their their face. banter, their their interactions was second yeah. to none. She was third on my big board. Just so you know. Nice. Uh, I I wonder if this my second pick is going to be your number two pick. Uh, I got to pick Polly Walnuts. I got to pick. Paul. It's not your pick. Okay. All right. I no, love Polly Walnuts. I Polly. I just Jesus. Every he steals every damn scene, man. Like he's just he's so good, and he's a ball buster and the king. Like that's every scene he shows up in. You're like, I'm either gonna be laughing or I'm gonna be like, holy shit, he they just went off. Like that's it's it's like um. It's kind of like uh, Tommy Pesci's character in Goodfellas. Like mm-hmm. you're either gonna laugh your ass off, or you're gonna be like, "Oh my god, that guy's crazy." Like that's <laughs> like that's that, that that's a that's like the, the the most fun like mob role you could have. Like that was like that was Khan in, in Godfather. Like yeah. James Khan, like him as Sonny was just kind of like, "Oh, he's busting balls. He's great," or he's like, or he's beating the shit and killing everybody. Like <laughs> I I I had Polly Walnut's fourth on my list, and I'll also okay. add too. I think in, in the later seasons, he became more of a focal point of storytelling. Okay. Whereas maybe early on, he was just one of the guys, you know what I'm saying? He, his role really increased his importance as the show went on. No, the guy that I wanted is, <laughs> I don't know why, I, Junior Soprano, man. I I, I almost took him with my first overall pick. By the way, Polly wow. Wanos was fourth and, and, and Dr. Melfi was third on my big board. Junior Soprano was unintentionally at times funniest. His temper yeah. tantrums, his temper was nuts. It was cool when he was losing his mind at the end, but mm-hmm. the progression of him disintegrating as, as you know, his mind and everything, it was just really cool. But his banter, his, the way he treated people so shitty. I mean, and again, these are bad people for the most part. We're not yeah. celebrating great human beings right now with a lot of these characters. I fucking love Junior Soprano. Yeah. So that is an easy number two for me. Now it gets hard again because you did take my third and fourth. So. Now we're go- now we're getting into characters where we can make cases where, for a lot Pat, of them. Pat goes off the board and loses the draft. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm not gonna. Well, who knows? I might do it. I, actually, I probably will do it. Um. All right. Well, you know what? I'm gonna go with one more guy from that inner crew. I mm-hmm. love Sylvia Dante, man. I, I I know he he was always the bad. He never had his own big story arc like Polly did or like. Mm-hmm. Other characters, I don't want to name them because you know they're right. possibly you might be possibly taking them, and you'll be talking about them if you do. <laughs> but I, I just I really liked him a lot. I I thought he was pretty funny, and again, going back to that intervention episode, he had the funniest line of the whole intervention when he was talking about Christopher puking in the toilet and <laughs> disgusting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I I just like him a lot, man. So I'm just going with him because I like him. And again, this is going to yeah. get to the point where. I don't know. We'll, we'll, I don't want to predict anything. So yeah, I don't no, want to give I, anything away. 
yeah, I'm already at the point where I don't know where, where, where this is headed. Yeah. Uh, you know, vote wise, I just don't know. Um, I, I was hoping to get three of the four uh, on my board and you took, but you took the other two that I would have liked for my third. So now okay. we'll see where we go. Uh, this is, uh, anybody who was able to like get under Tony's skin made really made the show like really fun mm -hmm. uh, and this goes for like in all facets you know like some you know so, like uh some you know some of the, the mobsters and everybody like the, the some of those guys were just so good um but the the people that got the best out of them or the worst out of them were the people that were closest to them and i gotta pick livia soprano first yeah. with that because just absolutely uh unbelievable like in how she owned tony like, right like this is mom for christ's sake right like, Jesus. Uh, i mean that's it's crazy but like she was just an absolute terror and uh, i always know when somebody does so well with a character where people's instant reaction is like oh i hate them oh my god i'd throw them off a bridge myself like that like the, the, when you react that way to a character and this like especially like you know things like this or like even a wrestling when somebody's kind of like, oh, i freaking hate that guy it's just like <laughs> that's when you know you, it's like i've won i've done my yeah. job um somebody else who did that who was also really good at that was janice yeah friggin janice oh my god janice was hilarious but like i think if you ever if you ever had like uh like you know if you ever had sisters or anything like that sisters always knew how to like just twist you up every way like they knew how to push your buttons and janice friggin I wanted to kill her. Yeah, exactly. See, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> but like, she was just so good at just being like, I don't give a shit, Tony. Just all the time, just like, ah, whatever. I, I'm not gonna do what you say. Like, oh my God. So yeah. So Janice, yeah, Janice was just such a uh, like, like true piece of work. Like when you're trying to be nice about something, she's, she's a piece of work. But like Janice, oh my God, Janice was freaking. She was. Uh, she was like kind of evil but also like not at all like she was yeah. just i don't know com like the opposite of tony completely i uh i'm also going to go i'm going to go with a character who i if i remember correctly and again i'm going to be honest with you guys mm -hmm. i basically did no research i look at a list and i'm like all right i like this person this person that person i did not look up facts and information i think this character might have only been on for one season two at the most but i think just one Richie Aprail. I think it was season two. He was the most ruthless old. He was old school. He came back from prison and Tony was in charge. Tony wasn't in charge when he went into the can mm -hmm. and he was an asshole and he was ruthless. He ran that guy over with his car mm -hmm. and Tony, I, I thought Tony was going to, the whole time I'm like, you know, when I remember watching it for the first time, it was like, is this going to be the guy that tries to whack Tony or is Tony going to kill mm -hmm. this guy? That's what I was assuming the whole time. And sure enough, your last pick, they were in the house because they were they were together. Um, he told her to make dinner or whatever, and she said something. I don't remember what she said, but then he snapped, and it was Janice who ended up shooting him and killing mm -hmm. him. Um, yeah. But Richie Abreu was a great villain. He was an old-school dickhead horrible person <laughs> horrible person but he played yeah. it so well it was so believable i think of him and i'm like this guy probably he it, he seems like a real mobster you know so i'm gonna go richie aprail and uh i'm gonna go with the mm, mm, 
I don't know, man. This is tough because now I got a couple here I can take. Mm-hmm. I'm going to go with another foil. Yeah, it seems to be a word here that we've used <laughs> a lot in this draft. <laughs> Near the end. And again, I don't know why I think mobster movies or series are funny because they're not funny. They're not supposed to be comedies, but Phil Leotardo, you're a badass yeah. dude. You're a snake. Yeah. Hey, hey, Tony hated him when he grabbed him in his throat by the guard at, at that time. But, you know, he kind of waged war on the Sopranos and uh, he was funny. His comments, uh, well, it was funny then. It, ain't, it wouldn't really be funny in today's society, in today's world. But with, uh, what's his name? Uh, Vito on the run and shit like that. You know, it's just, mm-hmm. he was he was just a ruthless dude, man. And I thought he was kind of sneaky, funny, and, and he had a bunch of good one-liners. I'm going to go with him. Fuck it. Right, so <laughs> I, I go with two villains at the end. That's going to leave you the last one. I don't, we'll, we'll see how mine go. What yeah. The, uh, cause I, when I get to this point, I just start thinking of, uh, like the actors. Cause sometimes the names, you know, the names of the, mm-hmm. the, the characters get past me. Sure. And then I just start thinking like, I was like, okay, well, yeah, I start thinking like, oh man, that guy was really good. Who, you know, who the hell did they play when they were in it? And, I got thinking of, um, I got thinking of uh, Steve Buscemi, and I was like, "Who the hell was this character?" It was Tony Blundetto. Tony Blundetto. Um, it, like, I mean, this is probably more you know, because it's Buscemi, because he's so good and and on all that, and like he wasn't on terribly long, like maybe what a season, no. season and a half tops. Well, he was on longer than Richie Abreu, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like that was now. I love I love that pick of Richie Abreu because the guy that played him is like an all time great character actor. Like mm-hmm. he's just he's just been in so many things and he always plays like some kind of you know like you know mob connected or like uh, you know prick of a guy and it's just like he's so good at it. Um, but like Tony Blundetto, like that, that storyline was like kind of weird because uh, it was just like oh here's this guy who just shows up and he's coming out of prison and you're just coming who's this guy then he just starts starting shit all over the place and you're like oh my god tony's <laughs> gonna kill him and yeah of course he does <laughs> or you know he just yes. falls, falls in wrong and then it's just like oh all right but but yeah like buscemi doing that role was uh, I, i'm if i'm wrong about this i would be surprised uh but i'm positive him doing that role is what got him boardwalk, boardwalk and player yeah, yeah i think so because like he was just so freaking good, man. You're so used to him being like a comedy guy, and just being like, you know, he's there to cut up jokes and just you know be goofy. And then he rolls in with this, and he's dead serious, and he's ruthless. And you're just like, oh Jesus, okay, like this guy's really freaking good. I think before I review our picks here, I think we're going to get grilled because neither of us, Bobby Bach, Carmella. Oh, yeah, Carmella. Yeah, and neither of us picked Tony's wife, Carmella, mm-hmm. who had a constant present role throughout. I think a lot of people are going to yep. uh complain about that. I picked uh, enough agitators of Tony's life. <laughs> you did <laughs> another one, another popular character would be Adriana, Christopher's yep. girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's another one. Johnny Sack, I'm looking at a list here. Johnny Sack, Johnny eh, I'm great. fine with not picking him. Furio, I did give a little bit of thought to, man. Yeah, Furio was good. Yeah, he was good. Uh, Vito, too. Like, the the, the whole thing yeah. of Vito, like, towards the end of the, like, you know, Vito, you know, they find out Vito's gay, and that whole yeah. thing comes around, and, like, that puts turned, him on the run. Yeah. That puts him on a run, and then suddenly everybody's just, like, and the Tony, the, like, the whole time until Vito gets whacked, 
the whole time Tony's just like, Jesus, I'm gonna have to freaking kill this guy. Like, I don't want to kill Vito, but I gotta uh, kill Vito. I am glad you didn't pick one. Now, now again, we talk about characters, and they're supposed you're supposed to I'm supposed to be agitated by Janice, you know. Right. You're supposed to hate Richie April or, or Phil the Guitardo. So I get it. I hated Ralphie though. Yeah, Ralphie April. I, I did mm -hmm. not like him. He bothered me. Like I rooted, I was so happy when Tony beat him to death. I, I'm glad you didn't pick him. Um, and Artie Buco, the cook. I really wanted to pick Artie. Yeah. But like, I was like, I don't know if I can do that. And then the other two are his kids. And we didn't pick AJ or Meadow. I don't think people really liked AJ much. He was freaking annoying. But Meadow, I, I think you might get, we might get a little bit of noise about Meadow. But I think far and away, most people are going to complain about Carmella not being picked. Yeah, I don't. Eh, I don't know. Um, I, I, I did really I, like her. She bothered me. Meadow, uh, Meadow, <laughs> it was just, just kind of like one of those like side storylines. Was like, ah, there's Meadow again. All right. Yeah. Let me. Uh, but yeah, Ralphie. Me... Man, Ralphie. Uh, Ralphie being played by uh, Joey Pants. Mm -hmm. so that was a, that was a great role. And Ralph, like, cause I'm a big fan of Joey Joe Paneliano. Uh, uh, like anything that he's in, it's just so you know immediately you're getting somebody that's going to own that role. And like here he was playing this guy that was like completely opposite of like any anybody he's ever played in anything he's got like the nice hair he looks so smooth and he's still a total dick <laughs> like you're just like friggin ralphie get, kill ralphie already just get him out of here um bobby no yeah, one big bobby, bobby bacalelli and uh who's the other one i was thinking big of? pussy big pussy yeah that, that was the other one too so i mean we pretty much just went through all the the main players. I, I feel confident in both of our fives that if somebody took a starting five out of those that were left, I think we still come out ahead. Yeah, yeah. You're right. Usually people could come up with better starting fives who weren't drafted. Not this mm -hmm. time, no. No. Let me recap there. Or let me recap. Let me recap. <laughs> let me recap. It's late, man. It is really late. Let me recap these picks before we uh get up on it here. I took Christopher Maltesanti, Junior Soprano, Silvio Dante, Richie Aprile. Phil Leotardo, Joe took Dr. Melfi, Holly Walnuts. I'm gonna get some sympathy death, recent death folks there, by the way. Livia Soprano, who was just absolutely incredible, man. That sucks what happened to her. Uh, Janice and Tony. This is uh, I don't, I'm not gonna make any predictions. I, I, I'm predicting a blowout win for you. Are you really? Yes, 100%. Wow, hundred percent. I'm, I'm, I'm saying because I think I'll take fifty-one percent. I need a W bad. I think your first three picks like hammer at home, but like the I think Richie and Phil are like super bonus picks because everybody everybody knows both of them and they, everybody hates both of them. We'll see. I hope you're right, man. <laughs> Make sure you and check I out. Not tank it this week, but it's <laughs> like I, I like it. I'm looking at both, and I'm just like I like Pat's better. Make sure you check out Maintenance Day podcast Monday. Lance Lazowski from the Buffalo News and Joe. Joe's got a lot of work going on there. Follow him on Twitter, too, at Joe Yurden. Next week, finally, man, football. Screw training camp. Screw the preseason. We got through the offseason, all this bullshit. Now there's going to be games to talk about, man. It's going to be good stuff. Later, buddy. I'll, I'll talk to you soon, man. Later, bud. All right, guys. I will be back. Uh, new episodes next Monday, Wednesday, and Friday next week. Talk to you soon. 
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.